0: You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Rules Brothers, episode 16 of the Culture. We are live at Axel Ruin Company in Fine, Ferndale, Michigan in our inaugural Juneteenth celebration. Happy Juneteenth, everybody. Happy Juneteenth. Happy Juneteenth. Juneteenth. We're going to talk a little bit about what that means and why it's important to the peer community but as, to the community as a whole. But before we jump into that, I want to make sure we get our introductions going as we always do around the table. Um, we got a couple of special guests, one of which will be joining us uh, a little bit later. Uh, I will start here to
1: my right and we'll work our way around uh, Hey, it's Mark again back in the uh, Knot studio back in the saddle back in the, saddle, back in the Knot studio Somebody give one a mic Hey Hey everyone uh, Andrew here leaning over
2: Mark just to say hi Adam, saying hello Hello. And interrupting the show is Bite me, Matt Bush. You know, you know, Matt Bush, doing what he does. does, 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 does. <laughs> does. Totally, you know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they do have a brute here, Matt. So, you know. There we go.
2: We're gonna we're gonna have Matt come back and show us how he eats those wings with one one hand. Have you seen that trick? I'm sorry, which trick is that? He grabbed the strong wings and will not grab it with two uh-huh. yeah. not yeah, with hands. Not grab it two hands. Yeah, one hand. It is, it's a clean and jerk. One yeah. motion. Clean and jerk, one motion. <laughs> so, you have to the show. Let's tell him
1: What is he jerking? Happy what is he jerking? Uh-oh. Uh-oh, there we go. Oh, <laughs> I it already. not even introduce
0: myself to get me started. i Oh. Sasha. <laughs> All right, so now that we've got that out of the way... So you can do the clean and jerk. Uh, uh, uh,
1: clean. Oh, oh there. yeah.
0: Now that we've got the pleasantries out, out of do
1: the way. Do you wear a belt when you clean and jerk? Here,
0: we are live at Axel Brewery, <laughs> Axel Brewing Company in Ferndale. Uh, and with us we have the owner and proprietor, one Mr. Dan Riley. Seems to be a little tied up. Dan, you want to get on the mic and talk a little bit. Sure. Just give us a little history about your spot here, man. And uh... <laughs> yeah.
3: Thanks, Wayne. Yeah, welcome, guys. Thanks for coming out. For I Appreciate it. Man. Right. Yes, thank you, man. We're uh... well, a little technical help. We got it. Now, thanks for coming out tonight. It's uh, a privilege for us to host it. Um, Glad to have you guys in the house, been big fans, and uh, love what you guys are talking about, representing, and it's a very, very, very uh, warm and welcoming group of people. Uh, it definitely stands out in the beer community. Uh, so we're thrilled to have you guys here. We, uh, we've we been open a little over two years uh, in this spot on Livernois. Um I love the location. I grew up, uh, as you know, at Six Mile Evergreen, and yes, I live sir. just north of here now, and my dad was a Detroit firefighter, used to run down at Livernoy and Curtis. So the building really spoke to us and we tried to create a spot that was pretty unique in the craft beer world and a little more European in flavor, family friendly. And uh, we have a lot of fun here. Hey, it's,
0: it's a fun place, man. There's not a lot of buzz going on here right now. Um, I want to touch on a couple of things, first of all. We are doing, this, this is our inaugural Juneteenth celebration, our Bruce Brothers Juneteenth celebration. And we'll get into what exactly Juneteenth is a little bit later. But I want to make sure that I acknowledge Dan. Because Dan brought it up before I got a chance to say anything. When we talked about doing it here on this date, as we were kind of out our details, he said, Yo, that's Juneteenth. You guys want to do something? I said, hell yeah, we want to do something. <laughs> so, when we talk about allyship in the community, in the beer community, and in the community at large, that's exactly what we mean, man. I, I appreciate you opening your spot to us to host such a celebration and to be fully on board with it,
3: man. That's, that's a great thing. And uh, having grown up a few blocks away from each other, uh, that, that makes it interesting. Well, I, I, I appreciate it. I, you know, I've been lying if I didn't say I was cheating a little bit, because I did... Uh, I did spend five years on the hat Essence. So, uh, so so I got a certain level of familiarity with the significance of this particular day. And, and when we talked about it, I was like, oh man, are you kidding me?
2: And could that brought me to my next question actually, was tell us how you really got familiar with them. Because it was very surprising when Harry mentioned it to us and that uh, you brought it up, because we could bring it up. So go a little bit into detail.
3: Well, i mean um a lot of reading <laughs> and a lot of trying to understand what happened at the end of the civil war and um and i remember years ago uh, i think the granholm administration was the first in the state to recognize it and then when i was at essence um we recognized it on our conference calls we talked a little bit about it had some editorial pieces and um one of the uh, one of the first ones that the state recognized. We happened to have a meeting at Ford where we were talking about the Essence Music Festival, and um, you know, it, it's um, not something we, you know, we talked about growing up and knew that much about. Um, but I grew up in a very different time in the '70s and '80s in Detroit. Yeah, no, definitely not, and uh, and so it, it has a certain significance, and uh, I know I I ran a piece of art by you guys that that, that I had been. I frankly didn't have the courage to put up on that big wall when we first opened, because it was really compelling, but I wasn't sure enough people would get it, and I also was very concerned about any perception whatsoever that I was trying to appropriate something that wasn't truly mine, and um, so it just it means a lot to me that you guys uh, started this dialogue. Um, your friend Robert Everett has been a good friend of mine, and uh, we've been We've been talking about a lot of things in this business the last couple of years that a lot of people don't, and uh, and we've been amazed by the response and the fact that the fact that you that you keep in mind
0: that you that you have that level of awareness to not to be sure that you're not appropriate anything uh, says a lot about you. Thank we, you. We've seen
3: in recent weeks mm. not everybody has their lips about them in that particular. Well, you know, uh, uh, worst beer vlog is kind of sport right now, yeah. and uh, sadly, yeah. you know, it used to be a little more isolated, or at least you assume so. But it's stuff that goes on, and I think one of the things that we, from the very beginning, uh, I've I come from a different background. I spent my career in media, yeah. um, very different upbringing. I'm not a brewer. I'm, I'm not a beer guy by by, by growing up, yeah. and. Uh, uh, I've spent a lot of my career working on uh, female-centric media properties and multicultural titles uh, and brands, and um, and I just saw that in craft, the opportunity to grow is it's not going to be that selling beer to the same people over and over again. And I also, just as a functioning human in society, when I see some of the really misogynistic packaging and just the, the, the way the community can communicate with the LGBT community, and when. Someone tries to, to actually try to talk in a meaningful way, or they think a meaningful way to people of color. It, it's clumsy, yeah. and sometimes it's straight up racist, and so straight it's, up racist, and it's hard. Racist. And it's hard to watch, yeah. and um, so we've made a yeah, different yeah. commitment, you know. And uh, you know, it's been challenging, but um, you know, probably I'll address the elephant in the room, but. You know, a week and a half ago, I announced that June 30th, we're closing the spot. Yeah, man. That's sad uh, news, man. Well, it, it, I'm hopeful that it's just part of a new beginning. Okay. Uh, you know, we've realized that our demand has somewhat outstripped our infrastructure. And Touch. very hard to, to make beer and the cost structure we're at uh, okay. and to compete outside in distribution. So, we're engaged in a lot of meaningful conversations with some okay like-minded folks who so we might still be able to find some of beer i sure as hell hope so and if, and if not I, I hope that we're able to, to find the right fit in this spot and to continue doing some things we're doing but regardless of what the outcome is uh, I personally remain committed to this market and, mm. and and talking about things that have come to mean a lot to me and some of the things we just mentioned but also you know the hospitality industry and uh, some of the mental health issues and some of the substance abuse issues that go unaddressed yeah. and trying to create places and safe forums for people to, to get some help and communicate. It's the backbone of, of, of our social lives, but we we kind of treat you know, people in our business like commodities and wow. uh, yeah. it's something's got to change. So you touched on uh, uh,
0: Opening up the brewery, and one of the first things I noticed uh, was the diversity of the beer list. Um, it's very well curated in terms of the variations in styles. How did that come about? Has it always been that way? Have you kind of evolved into all of these styles? How, how did that come about?
3: Well, I mean, um, our, our brewer Adam Moretta, is very, very good at elevating great classic styles. Okay, uh, you know. And it's, Loser. He doesn't like sours, so getting him to make My a panel sour, I don't like the Get him, him to make a panel sour. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's then, loves it. It, I do too, and it's, it's an arm wrestling match. And, uh, so I think initially where we saw ourselves living in the market was we also, you know, no one likes to be, no one likes to feel dumb or not cool. So, what I saw, and maybe as an opportunity, was to be able to connect with people um, who weren't necessarily like hardcore yeah. collectors, traders, who could come in and, you know, one of the things that I will stop any server or bartender, if someone says, why do you drink Bud Light? It's not an opportunity to shame them, it's an opportunity to educate them. And so, a lot of uh, the, the beer list was driven by what people were drinking. Um, probably 55, 60% of our audience is female. Okay. And so you see a lot of crisp, lighter flavors. And, and what Adam and Rob, our sound manager, have done is, it's, it's it's not easy to hide flaws in some of these really light, crisp well, beers.
0: So, so that was my next point. Because when you talk about coaches and lagers,
3: those are beers that if you, if you fuck them up. Yeah. It's, they're bad. <laughs> no, I mean, so, you, you, you can hide a lot of things with with with, with four stages of dry hopping,
0: and yeah, that you can fix an IPA. But if you make a, a cold that's not good, it's just not good.
3: Yeah, we we you know we've toyed around. I mean, talk about you know my lack of forethought in the consumer marketing game. We we played around with uh, with a hazy um, that I called yesterday's news about a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like it was, I felt like it was maybe starting to fade. But, um, yeah. Yeah. but you know, but those are those are very, very, very tricky beers to make consistently, and we've had some hits and we've had some misses. But we like to keep a big list and keep variables and get people like I hate to use this word because it's usually misused, but a lot of gateway beers on the list. You know? Yeah, know? People want to drink local; they want to feel part of the uh, part of the community. And, so you know, nothing wrong with Crusts and polishes. We even did a we did a super dry ultra beer um, that we called Crispy Business because it was the brewers mocking that whole bro meme of yeah. Crispy Boys. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, so we'll have a lot of fun. We'll do some things that you know we're not always the darling of all the trading groups, but then that's why we. That's kind of the reason we developed the Little Barrel project. To, yeah. you know, to, that was a little bit, I mean, frankly, we need no adjuncts. It's beer and oak and thyme, and it's our How You Like Me Now moment. I want to touch on that. Before I do, though, <laughs> talking
0: about doing these kind of basic or, or less aggressive styles, well, i got a flight, of course. Um, but this City Pale Ale, it's exactly what you talk about in terms to be in a gateway beer. Mm-hmm. It's a beer. Nothing is. There's nothing in it that's going to offend somebody's palate. Nope. You know, no, that's, it's, not, uh, it's not super hoppy, it's not overly, you know, aggressive in any way, and those are the kind of beers that I'm assuming
3: you mean when you say Yeah, beer. we do that beer for the Detroit City Football Club, the soccer oh, club at yeah. Hamtramck, yeah. and, um, you know, we were using English ale use, and we switched to SO5 this year to just lighten it up a little bit, and it's yeah. um, kind of a, a little bit of an homage to, like, Anchor and Sierra, just meant to be clean and crushable and simple, yeah. all Michigan hops, and it's just a fun, approachable beer, and, and those lunatics drink a
2: whole lot of it. <laughs> it's good, man. It's good. And they are yeah. the lunatics. Well, I have to interject just briefly And that, Dan it's great that your servers can't talk about people and gateway beers and drinking Bud Light, you know, but unfortunately I'm not one of the servers, so we can talk about it slightly <laughs> a little bit. But, you know, in just though, I would want to just pick on our engineer a bit, because, you know, yeah, yeah. Ellen was drinking hams and Paps and Bud Light, and now she's drinking that barrel-aged malt liquor. You know, so she's come a long way in just a few months with getting out You got a very stable genius? <laughs> yeah. That was
3: code name, code name Dope45. <laughs> <laughs> that deserves a bell. deserves Talk to us a little bit about the on Barrel Project. Well, it, it's um, you know when we originally uh, when we originally opened up the spot, we didn't have that time or luxury. You know, we were hustling. We uh, we, we, came, we 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 always joked that we took the long cut to everything here, um, which is a, a name my my son when he was six came up with because we were driving down Fourteenth Street, the other side of Grand Boulevard, and he said, Hey! That's said, a good idea, by the way. And he said, I know why. I said, why? He said, because you wanted me to see every neighborhood, you want to see the kind of place you grew up, and you want me to not just see the freeway. And I said, yeah. I said, you know, that's a cool song, and it's an alt-country band called Uncle Tupelo. And I played it for him, and he said, that'd be a good beer name, and I laughed because you know, we acquired a brewery that was pretty much on its ass, we launched in production um, with AB distributors very widely, and it, we every mistake we could have made out of the game we pretty much made, and we had to pull everything back in, and we took a really long way around. And we found this spot, and we got it open. And you know, one of the things, you know, Adam had never really messed with barrel aged beers on any scale. Okay, and you know, he came and said, you know, I'd like to do this. And I said, listen, I'd like to do a lot of it on a limited basis, available here. Let's stick with instead of throwing everything but the kitchen sink in it. Let's see what we can do. Let's just make it with good. beer and oak and yep. time. And yep. so the 2018 Wolf Tone was our first effort. And whether it would be a little bit of beginner's luck and this Carmel, but that beer killed, and Robert Allen, you know, put it on his top five beer at <coughs> the 18 list, and uh, and then we uh, subsequent releases. foreign observer with a double oatmeal stout, uh-huh. um, and that was a little bit of a nod to Adam was a uh, he volunteered at 17 to be a forward artillery observer in the okay. in the army, and uh, if you know anything about our services, that is a um, you know. That's not exactly a job people should sign up not for. Not so much. No. Yeah. They're the guys who go out the spot where the bombs are coming. Yeah. Yeah, they try to get out of They're the way. They try to get out of the and way. Right. And then uh, after that, we released a beer called uh, Insufferable Self-Righteous Imperial Stout, which was a bit of a reference to the Northern Guard supporters of DCFC. Yep. who a sports writer called that. Oh, nice. <laughs> and so okay. we aped it in DCD rye barrels. And then uh, and then a few months ago, we released Secret Meeting. Um, which is which great. great. the Yeah, it's... Uh, That lager yeast gives it like a real pillowy marshmallow feel. It does. Because I I
0: was actually in my head commenting that it was the mouthfeel was surprising in it being a fork.
3: Yeah, so those guys have done a great job. I mean, uh, the Wolf Tones and Buffalo Trace everything else has been part of a program with uh, Detroit City Distillery and we trade barrels back and forth and uh, we use rye with the secret meaning. And then the very stable genius was a corn whiskey barrel. And that was a bit of a that was a bit of a that was a bit of a lark that turned out interesting. Okay, So an experiment gone wrecked. Right. Yeah, we, we they they told us they made some they made some uh, corn whiskey some moonshine for the city football club and they said hey we got these corn whiskey barrels and they asked Adam and Adam came to me and he said I said well what are we doing? he's like we'd have to do some light but it's got to be boozy and dry so we use an enzyme to dry out the malt liquor yeah. and so we can get it up to about nine percent in the barrel and. Uh, when we first brought it out of the barrel, I was like, oh man, I don't know. Because yeah. was really a lot of whiskey on it. And so we do a couple beer tails with it where we mimic the flavors of an old fashioned and a whiskey smash. But now that the beer's settled a little bit. What's that cup? What you you know
0: what you might you might want to just bring a couple of those over yeah. here, brother. Yeah. Hey, hey, yeah.
3: Did you look in Mark's eyes when you said you that? <laughs> Wait, wait, no! Bert said. That. <laughs> did, 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 he said, did, did my eyes dilate? He said, he said it was behavior tonight. Where's he said that. He <laughs> said and it never happened.
1: I said, I, I said I'm on good behavior. I didn't say I'm behaving.
3: No, no, that that that's happening.
1: There's a difference. There You're is the a difference.
3: Because our director of operations, Russell, that the beer tail is his program, and he like he does some beautiful shit with that stuff. Yeah. Well, I tell you what. I definitely need to try that old-fashioned.
0: Um, as you may or may not know, on occasion, I tend to have a shot of whiskey or two. Yeah, I
3: may have noticed that. <laughs> so, you know,
0: here and there, here and there. So definitely a, a beer in a, in a traditionally whiskey-based cocktail would be right in my alley. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned the efforts to make sure that actual beer is still around. It's something massive. Is the bureau? Are you going to be
3: able to continue the bureau project? Do you see that happening? We'll see. Um, we've uh, I mean basically my first priority is uh, talking to people with scale and who you know. Obviously, no one's going to open on this space unless they kind of understand Ferndale yeah. and the Avenue of Fashion and kind of where we live and yeah. um, and uh, so you know we're we're talking to some people and uh, who have that scale to take the next step. And uh, I'm, you know, I'm 50 years old and I'm practical. And yeah. uh, we find the right partner, the right fit. We'll make something happen. I'm not so vain that if uh, you know the Axel Brewing brand itself is not part of it, but the trademarks and recipes live on. You know that's all good with me. Um, yeah. uh, my partner and I own this building, and so yeah. we, we have a commitment to the community. We want to see it in really good hands. Yeah. And, uh, and so it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks, and uh, you know the team here has been unbelievable. Um, I just didn't want to do what a lot of people do and, and, and either make a transaction or a sale and put a sign up on the door. I wanted. We got too many guests who have had special moments in this place, and uh, and you know what, my employees deserve a graceful exit. People deserve the opportunity to say goodbye, and we're going to have some fun. I mean, we. You know, Sunday at the 30th, more than likely will be a second line down Living oh, I'm sorry, wait a second line down. What do about Second line. line. I, second line. <laughs> I know a lot about Second oh, line. We need to time. <laughs> 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 five, five years at the Music
2: Festival, a little in between, <laughs> okay, and a lot of New Orleans. <laughs> now, we've done a lot of talking about the beers and making sure that those recipes stay available
1: and stay alive fucking shawarma wings and that bourbon? Oh, uh, man. <laughs> those, those shawarma wings are...
3: Shawarma wings are a good story. Our, uh, when we were getting ready to open, we wanted to do one wing, and we wanted to shake it up. And our sous chef at the time, uh, interesting character, uh, his name is Moses Fishman grew up between Miami, South America, and Panama. Uh, Jewish, uh, Latin American parents, um, and went to culinary school. And when they were setting up, they were eating a ton of takeout Lebanese food. And uh, so they came up with this concept, and uh, and it's never, ever, ever leaving the menu. (laughs) I mean,
0: it's a combination of two things that I love here. I love Middle Eastern food. Right. And I absolutely love chicken. Meat. Right. Like if I'm going to a new restaurant, the first place I go online and check is if they have wings and what the flavor they have, all that
3: shit. So that's a staple of my diet. <laughs> We're, we're pretty, we can be That's pretty true. stubborn. So, so that was like, we we're going to have one wing. And when we first opened, a lot of guests were like, come on, why don't you have a buffalo wing? One of my friends who helped design the place was like, where's my buffalo wings? And I'm you know, like, it's not a buffalo you wings. Why would, you hear? why would you want And it? then the other thing we did was, uh, I, I really wanted, a land, I couldn't get a decent lamb burger anywhere in Detroit. Yeah. And there's a couple spots in New York, i love to get them. And so we were like, we're doing a lamb and my chef was like, "All right, if we're gonna do this, we're committing. So we're not putting a beef burger on the menu for at least the first two months we're open, because otherwise people won't give it a shot." Yeah. And now, uh, lamb burger outsells beef burger by two or three percent, five percent every week. Right. Every week. That's good stuff.
1: Man. You you indoctrinated the locals. <laughs>
3: we we there's not many lamb burgers out there. So you yeah. right know. There's a lot of good burgers in this town. Nothing's better than Miller's on Michigan Avenue, but, you know. Perennial uh, award winner. the best burger. I don't so, understand so.
2: these
0: people
2: that come up with these other ones. <laughs> so, I, and, I'm not saying this just to blow smoke. Your burger's better than Miller's. Wow. Okay.
0: <laughs> Blasphemer. <laughs> <laughs> I do, do want to ask you, because um, this is something, something we ask wherever we go. So, what drew you to Burndale's? All the places in and
3: around Detroit. What drew you here to open up this place? A uh, little bit of selfishness. Um, my wife and I and my son live in Pleasant Ridge, about a um, mile and a half north of here. Location, location, uh, location. Or as Charlie Duff calls it on the back page of his book, the edge of Detroit. right. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know what? It, I, we looked at some properties. Um, I looked at some properties around 6 in uh, Livernoy. I looked at some properties downtown. Um, and I used to ride my bike, which I still do a lot down here. And we, we take Livernois. Sometimes we ride through a little neighborhood up Oakland over to Outer Drive, or take Outer Drive all the way around to Dearborn. And uh, usually we ride Livernoy. Up across Hamilton, lost Edison, and swap we'll around. And so for years I was looking at this stretch. Uh, and uh, I love like the light industrial vibe, a little bit of the art, you know, the few galleries. And, and frankly, we could have the space to spread out a little bit. I obviously. Like the proximity to what was happening South of Eight Mile the development. Um, you know, that soft clock in my heart, you know, growing up with a lot of friends. My my mom went to Benedictine, you know, okay. my dad from Southwest, he's a because whole a, he's a Benedictine oh. at yeah, so Yeah. So yeah. So you know, uh, I went to Catholic Central, but I went to the one, in, the little crappy one in Redford. Not, not the, not nobody. No, not the one that became Renaissance. You know. that, whoa, 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 whoa! Six, whoa, 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 five, six whoa, whoa, whoa. five, six five West Side Drive. Uh, that was a nice don't one. Don't start talking bad about, about Renaissance. No, I'm not talking <laughs> okay. bad. I didn't get to go to that okay. school. <laughs> right. Want to say, hey, i to bless
0: you guys. Mary, don't be mad
2: because you couldn't get in. <laughs> you, know, you know, that's what they all the Second choice, we couldn't get in. Okay. Let's be clear, but I do what you're saying. my first and only choice
3: was cast set. So. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Do we have a cast <laughs> renaissance yeah. thing going on? Yeah, yeah we, on. Do, we do. We do. It's that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, were you in Special case class? 90? 94. 94. 94. all right. Yeah. <laughs> that class. That class. <laughs> yeah. My sister, however, yeah.
0: was there with... with yeah, yeah. We uh,
3: So there was just something about the location, I, I love the setbacks from the street, and I thought it was, you know, I mean, they're, 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 the neighborhoods, you know, Bagley, and Sherwood, and all these neighborhoods have been vibrant, steady neighborhoods, uh, Lauren Hood uh, became a good friend of mine, she was working with the Live6 Development at the time, yep. we, we looked at the building, and uh, we did a lot of outreach in the community, and, um, and I, I just... I love the space, and I, and I love what's happening, and I think that there's a natural intersection of commerce uh, between the communities. Eight Mile for too long has been a hard border, and, and this is one place that's pretty porous and needs to stay that way. So you mentioned uh, community. Yeah. What kind of stuff are you guys doing with the Ferndale community? Well, with with a little bit of everybody, Ferndale, and you know, and Lotto, a lot of organizations in Detroit. We uh, we uh. We engaged pretty early with the LGBT community and uh Fourteenth Amendment. Um, our coach is, is named from you know, the Equal Protection Clause and the Fourteenth Amendment. A lot of guys will come in and say you know the repeal Prohibition was the twenty I'm like, yeah, I know, I know. Right. Um, but it, it's, uh, you know, it, it was a bit of a nod to the, the LGBT community here, and we donate a part of the proceeds. Can't say how much anymore, because MLCC doesn't allow us, mm-hmm. um, after that Sierra Nevada nonsense. So, yeah. Which, that's yeah. a whole other conversation. They need yeah. to put out a list, because exactly. there's way too many breweries that have not come correct on that. Um, so we, uh... We, um, we, uh, we engaged that community real early on and we stayed engaged with pride. Um, we also worked with, uh, we did a lot of work around Focus Hope's anniversary. Um, we hosted an event uh, downtown called Focus Hops. Uh, and um, to me that was more personal. I had a lot of friends who worked at Focus Hope, went through the program. And to me they they're kind of the OG of of, of Detroit. That's like synonymous. job training. Yeah, that's and they were having some struggles because they had a lot of leadership changes and, and frankly with all the bright shiny objects, you know, in the nonprofit space making a lot of noise, I mean, sometimes people forget about, you know, what Focus Help has done for the community. Yeah. We stayed engaged there. We we've taken the, the proceeds from very stable genius and uh, built a Pirate Radio Station and... I bet fer, uh, our very state of love that. Awesome. Yeah, I, I figured awesome. public radio and free health care were the two things that would bug them. So uh, we also, we used the barrel age and the malt liquor to fund fern care. Uh, and then we worked with a couple voter outreach groups. And uh, I mean, we're I get a lot of grief. I get called like Snowflake Queen and lots of other things. But you know what? Uh, Yeah. yeah. Honestly, there's there's no risk when you know who your audience is and you know who you're serving. And those
1: people can fuck straight off.
3: Yeah. You know what? I mean, even like with our announcement last week, our announcement last week, has been a lot of love and incredible support. I mean, to the point where it's I almost feel embarrassed how much love we've got. Then I actually feel better with some of the trolls because that gives me strength. And you know, when you see people saying things like. Well, served you right for building a two million dollar brewery four blocks from the ghetto. Or how'd that pride sponsorship work out for you? Or you know stuff like that. Or or you guys got to sell because you won't let my dog on the patio. So even like the trolling's on brand. So I mean that, that makes me feel good. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. You know I expect to get I expect to get a couple of pieces of hate mail for hosting you guys tonight. And uh, you know. There's still a strange element out there that comes out of their made, me. Yeah, I'll
1: take care of it. Yeah, usually, usually <laughs> we just usually we <laughs> screenshot stuff yeah. and
3: put it on blast. Yeah, he
2: has some shit on his mind uh, uh, anyway.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Probably one of our heaviest traffic social media posts is about a month after we opened and some individual, mm-hmm. yeah, took me a minute, um, mm-hmm. posted like great beer, cool space, but it's irresponsible that there's no armed security uh, on the street or in the beer garden despite the yeah, distance so from the city, so yeah. we literally screenshotted it just posted that on our feeds with the guy's name Yeah. I'm like you know what sometimes Yelp reviews can be helpful sometimes they can be informative sometimes they can be petty and sometimes they can be racist yep. this is the latter. <laughs> this is the latter. exactly so I don't know we, we've had a lot of fun with it you know. and I didn't feel like I was losing my MAGA crowd I don't think we had one here it is. So, you know that there are some places that are afraid of losing their magic. Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, I I, uh, I was in a urinal uh, going to the bathroom. <laughs> oh, just to get clear. <laughs> we're not we're not that right, type of podcast. Out, we're you... We were. Well, I was here, and we had a very stable genius poster above it that had some old quotes describing. It going so your...
2: well up until now.
3: And, and this guy, has debuted on oh Google. And this guy says to his friend at the sink, he's like, Hey Steve, I, I I don't think this beer's a tribute. And I I held it all in because I was I, I've never wanted I had to <laughs> like run out of the bathroom and Prime, uh, yeah. yeah. And at that moment, I realized we made it, no matter yeah. what happened. Yeah. No matter what <laughs> so, you mentioned this this Focus Hops program. Yeah. Is this an annual event? No, yeah, we did it for the 50th anniversary, oh, okay. and our, our contact ended up leaving there, but it was really yeah. fun. We, we were able to curate uh, a few breweries uh, the guys from Solomons and Hazel Park, and yeah. uh, Eastern Market Brewing, yeah. Yeah, and people over there. a few people who, who kind of felt the connection with Focus Hope, and then um, we also we, we did a gift we, we housed their gift exchange program here yes, and nice. we participate with slow rolls and start there and you know um, Bruce Brothers is for the culture man, if there's everything we can do, man. Yeah. A lot of, <laughs> lot of good organizations. We my policy is basically if if we have a personal connection or if they engage us in a meaningful, authentic way, we'll try to do what we can to help out. And because I feel like it it comes back around again. And how hard is that to do? Easy. Right? it's easy and it's selfish because you feel a lot of love and it makes you feel good about what you do see,
2: I, see, I, see, I see the you wheels did. in Wayne's stand turning how long does it take you to respond to emails
0: uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. To that's on the list of things I got on my chest 48 hours at the most so usually, usually about
3: 5 or 2 not 2 weeks not 2 weeks not, two weeks. No. And not, not 14 not days before the podcast starts no my, my, oh, okay. my wife much to her she's <laughs> great I'm always like on it so this is where that comes from. So a couple of months back, we had the diversity
0: director from Founders Brewing Company on the podcast. And we asked her some questions and, you know, we got some company lines and we got some good dialogue there. And in that conversation, I said to her, hey, I'll be sure to let you know anytime we're doing an events. You guys are welcome to come out, share your message of inclusion, whatever it is sent an invite to the good people at Founders.
2: Celebrating Juneteenth.
0: Celebrating Juneteenth. I sent the invite. You and I solidified this on June 5th. I sent the invite June 6th. Prickatier, I got a I got a return email uh, about 15 minutes before I came in. Sending regrets.
3: I have, I have to say, I don't envy that gig right now for her. <laughs> I don't. <either>. I don't, <laughs> don't <either. laughs> that is, uh, I don't. I don't you know, it's a, it's a tricky thing because I, I got to say I.
2: I hey, I, we won't put you on the spot. Was that? I said we won't put you on the spot. No, We're no, fine. no. Oh, okay,
3: it's okay, well. uh, no. I, I. You know what? I, I think um, you know there's a lot of history, a lot of respect. You know, they've done a lot in their business and in the state, and um, mm-hmm. I think it was up for a lot of people. Uh, you know, the, the whole Grand Rapids Chamber yeah. thing. You know, walking that back a little bit as a real employee. That's... That stung a lot of people in the, in the community, and um, you know, and um, and then yeah, all the other. It's, it's not about. It's not about. It happens, stuff happens, and, and, and it's not always right. And it happens in the hospitality business. It's, but it's, it's how they address it, and, and I think that uh, I, you know, I, it's, a, it's a difficult position. They've got they've got uh, a large multinational investor, and they've got. They've also got, you know, a huge business and um, a lot of people, you know, in their core market maybe who feel, you know, differently. But it's a tough, it's a tough road. And I, 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 I gotta, part of me gives my hat off for taking that job because that's the, in the, in, you know, it's in the eye of the hurricane. But with that kind of, you know, crisis management has to be a pretty quick response. It's, it's always one. You know, I've addressed it and I've said as much
0: does have a very tough job yeah she's walking into a situation that she didn't create cleaning no. up a mess that she didn't make but from day one our beat hasn't been that the situation happened because individuals are going to be who they are situations yeah. happen right some people are assholes and that's just the end of the story yeah but when you ignore it yeah and even after people have brought it to your attention you continue to ignore it when local people bring it to your attention, you continue to ignore That's what it, up. but then it pops up in a national blog, right. and now, all of a sudden, <laughs> it's advantageous for you to say,
1: hey, well, this is our side of the story. They do one step forward, two steps back, every exactly. time.
3: Exactly. And I've seen it. I've, I've worked for really big companies, and, uh, and I've seen that. There's a certain amount of paralysis organizationally, unless it is so embedded in the culture Um, It is very hard, Um, and it's a huge commitment, and it it takes a lot of nimble feet, and I think the brewing industry, you know, has had to grow up real fast, and sometimes has struggled with the bigger picture. Now
2: Dan, when you say embedded, would that be synonymous with
3: dollars? Uh, No, when I say embedded in the culture, it's more about... um, you know, and it's not a net. It's just like imbuing a philosophy or a way to go about things, you know, inherently in every person. And I, I you know what, I am not. You know, we are we're a struggling brewery that, that's trying to figure out our economics. I mean, right. we obviously have a brand that we have a ton of affection for, and um, that's great. But um, but I think like. I think as you grow, it's so hard for big companies to, to manage to keep that, you know, keep that culture real and keep it, keep it authentic. And some people have done it amazingly well, and other ones are clumsy and they want to buy their way into certain spaces. And, yeah. and some, and the some I people do remain authentic to their culture. Is that their culture is shit? Yeah.
2: And that's why I ask mm-hmm. because if your culture is already a shit, and you look at embedded. Being synonymous, in my opinion, with the dollars that are being spent. Because if you aren't trying to address those situations, that really shows who you are. And there's no sense in trying to change somebody to make them something that they are not. And, and ultimately, you know, they're showing who they are, and the dollars that are being spent in their eyes are not significant enough for them to pretend to change. For example, not to beat up on Founders, but they're always giving sh- enough shit to beat up on them. Always, <laughs> but, yeah. And to the you know, man. With, with with the new uh with Pride Month, they had a big display on the marketing shoot on the uh the, the diversity and inclusion directors page. Yeah. Where Founders came out supported the event wholeheartedly. Man, look like you they know had a hell of a they brand. had lots with the of and all of that. I mean yeah. it, it was great. Yeah. But it was nowhere to be found on the Founders site only on the Diversity and Inclusion director site.
3: So if you're not personally First connected site. to her, and you yeah, weren't there, you really not it. any uh,
2: I may have noticed that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, so, so <laughs> with that, it's like, what are you really trying mean, you know, are you afraid to show off to your mainstream or the embedded clientele that we're supporting this event? You know, and you do it kind of subtly, and hopefully quietly, so that no one pays attention.
3: Uh. I, I think if you're asking for my opinion I think that's what a lot of big companies try to do. They try to walk that yeah, try to walk the, the right? tightrope a little bit. And, and you know what? There's also though I mean I think there's I think there's economic reasons to, to think a little more broadly because I, you know, and not to be sound like a capitalist pragmatist person, but growth is going to come from new markets and and, and you don't always have second chances to make things right. And, um, and you know, this is a grotesque over-civilization cliché, but, but the, the African-Americans I know that embrace craft beer and embrace it really enthusiastically, and it tends to be a lot of barrel-aged, you know, high-profile, extremely profitable <laughs> stuff. Yeah. And, um, you know, um, there's something to be said for that. Um, you know, it's... It, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, uh, all that. Training. That's why we're going 100% liberal <laughs> like based on our proximity to 8 Atlanta. I have listened to the trolls. No. You got, got a customer, man. You got a customer. Hey, get
2: some security, security guards.
3: Yeah, <laughs> like, like, uh, get one of those guard boots like at uh, Dakota
2: Inn. Like, like, um, making a scarecrow,
3: a security scarecrow. Put hey, cool. yeah. there. Oh. That'd be great. We, we did talk about getting like an old ratty couch and putting it in the back hallway with a with a beat up velvet rope from the hotel supply down the street, so uh, that we could have when we, when we run out a tap beer of the Barrel Project, we'll let people buy a bottle and split it. And so someone in the Norland Arts Guards was like, "You should do bottle service." I'm like, and I like, said, so "What do you mean?" And they're like, "Get a old couch at the end of the hallway and then put like a velvet rope and sit down the there and, and have it by ourselves." I'm like, "That's actually a brilliant really idea."
2: Nice. I won't give you a bail for that one, Mark. <laughs> no bell for that one, Dan. No
0: bell. So, I know mean, you guys. Actually, you guys are pretty busy tonight. I don't want to take up too much of your time. No, I appreciate. Um, I got to get you guys some very stable genius uh, beer goals Yeah, hell yeah, you do. Um, any words you want
3: to leave our listeners with? You know what. Um, I think it's a big wide world out there, whatever business you're in, and um, and if you're not thinking about it differently, then you're probably going to get caught, you know, and uh, I'm really proud of what we've accomplished here, uh, especially from where we came. I'm hopeful that we found a solution for us and our people that works out, um, but um, either way, I'm doing things like this this week, and uh, we're celebrating the marriage equality anniversary next week. And uh, a few other things, um, you know. This is the last year here for me in the beer community in this context. I, I'd rather drop the mic uh, on top of things, uh, and I'm proud of what we've done
2: here.
3: Yeah, and, and, I, and I'm telling you, man. Uh,
2: cheers, man. Yeah, Thank you, man. we got a pause button. All right. right. Yeah.
3: Cheers. Cheers to
0: being a good neighbor. Cheers to being uh, a good neighbor and, and being about the community. And cheers to, to continuing in whatever capacity yeah, you Don't may worry. be able to do so. Well, I'm not um, going anywhere, so... Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's my firm belief that, in general, good things happen to good people. And so, you know, as you continue to work with your relationships in this community and other communities, um, my hope is that we continue to see Axel Beer. Uh, like I said, everything I've had so far has been really good. Uh, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, this cocktail, this liquor cocktail here.
1: Somebody um, somebody mentioned Manhattan's. Gold Fashions? Yeah, Gold whiskey. <laughs> oh, it's it's the vermouth. It's, good. I, it's fine. I'm, I'm so, okay either way. So yeah, man,
0: if you uh, if you if you wanna come back and hang out some more later on, pull up a chair. Absolutely. Grab a mic absolutely. Absolutely. and we'll get to it, man, and it's my hope this isn't the last time we have you on. So hopefully the next time it'll be yo. Uh, we For we sure. found we
3: found a way to keep this thing going. Here's where we are now. Here's where you can find us. So on and so forth. I don't want to get stuck with Matt Bush. I'm better on draft all the time. Oh, you don't. oh my
2: goodness!
0: You, you don't, don't, man. You you don't don't do man. You you get out of that, that trap time. when
3: you can, man. I mean, and Sandy and,
0: and, 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 and Brian Burns. Yeah, man. Don't do
2: it. You know, bite me, Matt
1: Bush. Drinking hazy IPAs <laughs> out, yeah, out of a bowl. Don't <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, be, don't get in a flame war with Matt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, every time I like go on that show, those guys try to pour something
3: down my throat, and I end up saying like three things. I, I'm like, what did I say? Yeah. <laughs> they are very good at that. Well, thank you very much, guys. I'm going to thank thank really you. get you set up with some interesting things and, and let you get out with some things.
2: My man. All right. And I cheers appreciate you. Cheers, brother. Cheers. Hey man, shout out to Dan. That, that's what being a good neighbor is all about. Being a good neighbor. You know, and, and all we talk about when, when we reach out and it seems like we're bashing problems, we're not really bashing problems. We're just saying step up and be a good neighbor. Even if you don't want to, you need to be. You know. And man. what we've
0: seen time and time again from Dan, from Dane over at Eastern Market, being a good neighbor ain't hard. It's not. And what I'm starting to observe is that it's either you are or you're not. It's either in you or it is. That's it. Because it seems to be in Dan. Definitely seems to be in Dan. Maybe not so much with some other people.
1: If it's in you, it's in you. If it's not, it's not. No, most of the places it's not even we've been to. No, I just, I don't, I don't
4: think it's too late to change the culture of the company. I don't know how founders is structured. We have talked about that a little more. I don't know if they have a board. I don't know who dictates their policy. But it's, it's not too
2: late to make a change at the top that you can sort of force it to go down through the rest of the organization. I feel like that change is not being made at the top. The and problem they, is they want to have the change. Right. I, don't think, I don't think they want to change. I don't think they care if they change. I think they can really give a about the demonstrations that we've had. Because the, okay. just been because the dollar value is not significant enough to
1: them. Okay. To Now, the dollar value with views and they will be changing. But uh, I think the question is, is that founders, is that the, uh, you know, the founders of founders? Or is it San Miguel? You know, the people that are, like, plugging the money into founders.
2: Right, right. I, 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 I mean...
1: San Miguel, does,
2: they, they, they still don't have 51%. So if you're a if, if I founded this, even if you're an investor with me, you're into my ideas. Yeah. It's my ideology. It's still my company. And you invested to make my ideology grow and expand. Not that I'm going to take your money and convert it to what your thought processes are. Were they
4: this way before San Miguel? No. Oh, what? Before no.
2: they
1: make
4: this investor, San Miguel, works. So, 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 so we're talking about,
1: company. Uh, it's basically about distribution in Europe. The okay. founders, that's so what San Miguel is all before about.
4: Before that influx of money from San Miguel came, how were they?
1: No, they were they were pretty good neighbors in in okay. Grand Rapids yeah. and and most of the and stuff. And they got wider. Yes, it, they got very very big. They've never been a good neighbor in Detroit yeah. since they've been yeah. here they in occupied space. Yep. And yeah.
4: they got there after this influx of money from this investment? Yes. Okay. Right. One okay.
0: okay. could speculate that that that, 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 that 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 influx enabled them to open that Detroit tap. Okay. It certainly, if, if, that if not fully, <laughs> certainly to to a large degree.
4: All right. All right. I just, I think I still have holster founders, I, mean, I do all, like the brews that they
5: put out. They put out
2: some good stuff. They do. I mean, and whatever else they're doing, they have put out some. I've got a shitload of founders in my
1: cellar that I can't uh, share but, or, uh, you know, put
2: anything with.
1: But if, but if they're catering, if they're catering to the, say, backwood bastards. Yeah. Right. You no know. Pun intended. No pun. No pun intended. Uh, you know, how are they? Them how them. are they ever going to move past us? Oh, right. Mm-hmm. And I can't even wear my backwards bathroom shirt anymore. Anyway. Any favorite. And again, it's well, I was gonna, I was <laughs> going. To, I, I, I want to get rid of my uh, founders glassware, right? Yeah. yeah. Because uh. what it represents is yep. not is not good. Yeah. And I don't okay. buy their beer. And, and to Sasha's point. And I said it time and time again, I'll
0: continue to say it. I don't want to see the foundership sink. I want to see them write the ship. Yes. But I can't want it for them. I can't cook your dinner and eat it for you and have you before. <laughs> so you got to want it. And it doesn't seem and like I'm wondering it. where that
4: disconnect is. Because we were talking about this before, that they hired this CNI director, but there's a clear disconnect between her position and what she's doing. And the rest of the family. There's
0: a very clear disconnect. It's, it? it's almost as if she operates separately yeah, yeah. from the rest of the unit. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I don't know. But and like and, and, you, you know what, I take back my own. <laughs> they clearly It, it, it appears <laughs> that clearly
1: yes. she works separately mm-hmm. from everybody else. Because the messages are not on her. Right. Yes. And know. And the majority of it is lgbtq which is which is great but you know again not being a good neighbor in detroit come on and again it's not hard as
0: Dane and dan and other people that we talk to in the industry it's not hard to be a good neighbor you know so again i hope they write the shit out
2: I say it every time we talk about hey man, this,
4: this. founders. Uh,
0: yeah, <laughs> it's,
2: we, it's we, it's we are on this But, the but the you know what? On, man. We you got know.
0: we got a couple things to get into. We got a guest. Bruise Brothers, episode 16, live from Actual Brewing, We are back in the break. Thanks to Dan Riley for hanging out with us, talking a little bit about his brewery and for hosting us for our inaugural Juneteenth celebration. Before we bring on our next guest, I definitely want to talk a little bit about Juneteenth and why it's important. Uh, I know that some of the people here aren't fully aware of and it, and obviously, it's, it's, it's something that's more complex than we can cover in a two-hour podcast. Uh, but essentially, it is a celebration of an executive order finally reaching the state of Texas, emancipating the last of the. I'll start off by talking about the way I phrase this because I do it intentionally. I don't refer to people as slaves because that's not what someone is. is. These are people. There are people who happen to have been enslaved. So these enslaved Africans finally got the news two years after the Emancipation Proclamation had been ratified. And this is that celebration. That celebration of that date and the absolute, I can't even put it into words, but it must have felt like both joy and pain in terms of pain because it's it's something that's new. I mean, Just imagine being in a particular state for your entire life and somebody said, okay, you don't do this anymore. So there was this whole kind of, well, what do we do now? There was this idea that, you know, all of this time, we've not been allowed to move about freely. What does that even look like? So it certainly was a scary time um, for those formerly enslaved Africans. But I don't think that we can underscore, or understate rather, the tribulation that came with understanding that
3: we're being, at least partially acknowledged as human beings, and that we are ending this whole idea
0: of American child slavery. Um, I had a conversation with someone over the weekend who took issue with me using the term American chattel Slavery. And what he said to me was that, well that doesn't add any more impact than just using the term slavery. And what I said to him was, I will continue to use that term because what it does is it drives home the idea that this was an institution, something that was endorsed, engineered and maintained for by profit. the United States of
1: America for, for profit. profit.
0: For Just profit. Two or three people that said we're gonna buy ourselves sell some for oh, that's not what it was. It was a it was an organized, like I said, institution that was endorsed whether de facto or de jure via the US government. And so that makes it that much more egregious. Um, this is kind of my wheelhouse in terms of both my, my area of degree and my area of interest, so I can do this all night about that. Uh, but it's important that we celebrate this day because again, there are millions of, of people in the United States of America that aren't descendants of Africans, of formerly enslaved Africans. And uh, for those individuals myself and somebody, to finally begin to on a wide scale observe that holiday. It means a lot. I mean, there's about a lot of conversation in in Black communities and in communities at large about how Black folks are almost by force. We celebrate everybody else's cultural holiday. We go out and drink tequila on Cinco de Mayo. We drink green beer on St. Patrick's Day. We barbecue on the Fourth of July. But what are we? What holiday do we have? And if you remove Juneteenth, we don't. Now you can find us celebrating life on any given weekend at Bella Isle when it's hot outside. However, in terms of official holidays and things that we observed in the way that St. Patrick's Day or Cinco de Mayo or other significant cultural holidays are observed, without Juneteenth we don't have it. And so that is the purpose and that's why we're gathering. And that's why I wanted to make sure that I drew attention to it because more people that know about it bigger and become more people that appreciate it. Um, and, and again, I said this when Dan was on earlier with us, I appreciate his allyship and saying, yo, that's Juneteenth, do y'all want to do something? You're damn right I want to do something. Um, and again, so the conversations are always, once Juneteenth pops up, there's this relatively there's this really very small cell of people that are aware of Juneteenth that's saying, well, it's a holiday, how come nobody's doing it? But that has kind of evolved to no longer being true. Events like this, there was an article published, I think in Metro Times yesterday, uh, about uh, Governor Whitmer uh, endorsing the holiday. Yeah. Uh, and it also listed several other events that were going on um, in commemoration. What's up, Andrew? I think it would be good to put this on your podcast. You say what? I think it'd be good to put this on the podcast. To put this on the podcast? I mean, it is on the podcast. No, I'm sitting.
6: Oh,
1: you're talking, right? I'm talking. Yeah. No, 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 we're not just talking. No, no, no. We're just talking. No, no, no. We're just talking. <laughs> <laughs> How much and, have you hey, have to drink? Andrew. It's too much. <laughs> good thing I'm driving. <laughs> but yeah, so,
0: and, and again, I'm glad Andrew said that. That's exactly why we're <laughs> <not> putting <laughs> this on the podcast. Because I'm absolutely certain that there are people who are going to listen to this, who are unfamiliar with Jim T, or who've heard the word and don't know the history. Uh, and again, it's far more far too complex to get into all of the intricacies here and all of the reasons or alleged reasons why it took two years after the ratification of the Emancipation Proclamation for the message to get to uh, the enslaved Africans in Texas. Um, One explanation is that Texas is a big state. It's the southern tip, blah, blah, blah. Uh, There's another story that a messenger was murdered on his way to Texas. Um, The more plausible story, in my own eyes, given the history of America and how it functions, is that a lot of slave owners were waiting, or a lot of people who enslaved Africans were waiting until the harvest came in. So they could get all of that wrapped up, and then informing these people that they were no longer under the oppression of American child slavery. So, you know, those are all, those are all theories, all valid theories uh, that people can research on their own to whatever extent they want. Uh, On the event page, i dropped a couple of links. I gave people some homework. So if you, if you uh, you follow the invitation, um, there's
1: some links in there. You got some, You got a lot to read.
0: <laughs> yeah, you got a lot to read. And so uh, I'm just glad to have um, a group of allies like this together that are willing to do this. Um, and, and this is the, the first time I've had my lovely wife here at the podcast. So
1: really welcome, Don.
0: A, yeah, it's just a, it's just a beautiful day <laughs> uh, all together, and I'm glad that we're here and able to, to commemorate.
1: That. Yeah. So, uh, Harry, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you, Don, when you, you talked to your I husband. I really don't
0: know how this you
6: just
4: But
1: me uh,
6: <laughs>
4: okay, so the other piece is that um, for you giving homework to adults, what is baffling to me is that kids don't know about this because it's part of history. But when you think about it, you know it's not in our curriculum. It's, it's not something that's ever brought up unless it's brought up in a home and that history is passed on. In addition, though, it's in June, so the school year is over. Yeah. So if it wasn't our curriculum, it doesn't make it to the kids. And these are things that, you know, like I feel like systematically we kind of systematically we kind of just omit these kind of things because of embarrassment or whatever else. In you know America, when it really just needs to be something that everyone is informed of, so they can make decisions about it. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's
1: from a teacher, by Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, my, my question to you earlier, Harry, yeah. is, uh, I, I, I mean, and Andrew and I talked about this on the way down here. Um, it's great that, you know, I'm learning about this, and perhaps it's, you know, my ignorance that I'd never heard about this before. This year, right? Yeah. So 2019 is the first time I have heard about Juneteenth, yeah. which is appropriate. Six nineteen nineteen. There you go. Very there good. Go. But um, why didn't I hear about this in 2018 or 2017? And why, like, as of today, when I look at Facebook, is it plastered on all? I'll say allies. Yeah. Is it yeah. on All My Allies Facebook, where I didn't see jack shit about this yeah. previously. Yeah. And, I, and I'm glad to learn about it. And it's yeah. great that it's brought to my awareness. Yeah. But why, well, I, I know you can't say why, right. but can, do you have any uh, thoughts on why this is happening?
0: I, I do. Uh, and Sasha's nodding her hand if she has some ideas, too. Um, I'll say this, and I'll turn it over to Sasha. Um, as we discussed, social media is both a blessing and a curse. Social media can be the absolute devil, but it can also be a great way of disseminating information in a mass amount. I got, I don't know, 1,500 Facebook friends. I can't make 1,500 phone calls. I'm not sending 1,500 text messages to say, hey, it's Juneteenth. But when I post it on Facebook, those 1,500 of my friends that I pop up in their feed, they're going to see it. And it's going to resonate with somebody. Somebody's going to have some curiosity and say, hey, what's this? And so now that curiosity begins to swell. And so that three people that asked me about it in 2015 turns into 10 people in 2016, turns into 100 people in 2017, to this morning, My timeline was absolutely flooded with Juneteenth and I love it. I love to see it. So I really do think that uh, the popularity of it and uh, the awareness of it, uh, I think that that social media has a lot to do with it. Sasha? I agree. The mass appeal of social media absolutely sends this message out.
4: Sends this message out. Um, but I think we're in a climate in this country where we are getting more comfortable with talking about race, um, because we feel there's a necessity to talk about race. Absolutely. And I think that, uh, and at least in my family and in other families of color, typically black people, but not not exclusively, we talk about race at home. My kids have talked about race. I we grew up to. talking about it, right?
0: My kids are sitting there talk about yeah. race all the time. But yeah, my my kids, right. he's he's got the speech five times now when he's you know, eight years old. Because I've had to give him that speech every time an unarmed black man is murdered because I don't want it to be him.
4: Right. And I think when I look at my my son's friends, who are by and large not people of color, um, they don't talk about race. And so we feel that it is somehow tacky or uncomfortable that we don't talk about that. We don't do that. I don't see color. And I, I am happy that you'll invite my kids to your birthday party and speak over and all that stuff. That's great. I don't want you to ignore my colors. I want you to acknowledge that my culture is different than yours. I just don't want you to base your friendship on whether or not I'm the right color. So, and this is what I tell my kids when we talk about it. And their friends, too, who are probably horribly uncomfortable. But I talk about whatever I want to in my house. If you come over here, this is the subject that we're going to. But I think we're just at this point with the last election where many people feel like we have
0: if we don't. It's going to be disastrous. Things have gotten so far to an extreme. I think yeah. we've got. I know I've gotten to a point that I don't care about making people uncomfortable, and I don't mean that in a cruel or unsportsmanlike way. I mean I don't care about making people uncomfortable with the truth. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that to Sasha's point, I think this whole idea of um uh, is being conflated and say it, 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 it. redefining civility as, oh, you don't bring up controversial topics. You no, know, civility means you talk about controversial topics in a civilized way, without name calling, without ad hominism, without, you know, racial slurs and all those sorts of things.
1: And so You've always been a bridge. Yeah, I, I mean, you've you, you had friends uh, who are uh, positively, like, you uh, I, I call them racists, yeah. and um, you know, you you try to talk to them while all the rest of your uh, friends on Facebook are, are saying, you know, yeah. you were filth. Yeah. And, and you're just, and, and they're responding appropriately. Yeah. You've always tried to make this bridge, but um, you know, you, you, you bring up these uncomfortable uh, truths, and it's well. That's the
0: thing. I mean, the only thing. The only thing worse than ignorance is willful ignorance. So at the point at which you give me some ridiculous idea, it's my responsibility to tell you that your idea is bullshit and here's why. (laughs) Now, if you still believe it, that's on you. But I've done my part to say that's not the way things are. The earth
1: is flat. Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) I'm telling you it's not. Here's why. If you still believe the earth is flat, Good luck not falling off the edge. You know, we'll move I'm up. done here. Right. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. I mean, again, it's. Uh, I'm just glad to be a part of uh, exposing uh,
1: people who are otherwise unaware of of James you know, T. No, thank you. For, it, so. Thank you for like m- making me more yeah, like uh, knowledgeable and intelligent. And this this is going to be an annual thing. This is our
0: inaugural event. Um, I use the term inaugural intentionally because the intent is for this to be, you know, second annual, third annual, moving forward. And so, uh, because it is, it's just as important as the Fourth of July. It's just as important as Memorial Day, Labor Day, you know, all of these other the
1: other holidays that we observe. Live from Wayne, Boston And, and June, t- t- yeah, June You t-
4: know, one of the things that was on my mind is we were talking about Pride Month. And we've had this discussion before, um, we, I have been watching during Pride Month, I'm an ally and I've been watching during Pride Month people with endless rainbow stuff. Any store I go into, i have to like five below and they have a whole aisle of rainbow stuff that you can get. And so I've been thinking about that and the backing that this movement has. And I absolutely believe that it should. I wholeheartedly believe you should marry whoever the hell you want. doesn't bother me one day. Um, but what I would like to see is the same kind of force behind when we're celebrating Juneteenth or we're celebrating Black History. Month. So we don't have that same. You might maybe get something, you know, I think if maybe Target this year tried to get a Black History month line of clothing or something. A little, you know, people still don't don't human But I would like to see people come together and try in the way that they're trying with the LGBTQ community to include them and to make them feel seen, And, you know, we want to be seen in a good way. We want to be seen where, you know, people aren't terrified of us walking on the street or whatever it is that people think. And I'd like to see that, but I don't know how we do that. We talked about how the LGBTQ community has come together as a whole, regardless of race and religion and and all of this, and said you're going to respect us. How do we do this as people of color? We need to do the same if we're
0: going to get that same kind of track. So one of the advantages that the LGBT community, LGBTQ community has is that a lot of you still white. Yeah. None of us are white. That's true. So America, by and large, is more apt to sympathize causes of white people. I will say and that
4: that movement is faced by white people, but there are plenty of people of color oh, absolutely. who have but, been in it and fueled it. But are there some
0: white people that can face the Juneteenth movement and would it be and it would be awkward so. as fuck. Right, yeah, right, right. And, and that's my fierce <laughs> <talkers. laughs> Right, right, You guys want to lead our next hey, hey, Tuesday? <laughs> come to the party. <laughs> so I mean, it, it's about it's about being caliber-y. Um mm-hmm. and even even to the degree of how you market When you look at the LGBT community, and you look at the rainbow flag, that's not intimidating. Right, it's, it's both welcoming and right. But yeah. I tell you what, and, and at least for me. Because I know what the liberation flag means. Right. Every time I see it, I'm like this. Yeah. It's a different yeah. connotation. It's not warm fuzzy. It's not yeah. warm fuzzy. It's me reminding you that you enslaved, beat, killed, raped my ancestors, and I'm making you answer for it. Mm-hmm. And you're going to say, nah, son, I'm good. I don't really right. want to That's uncomfortable. I don't want to talk right. I don't want to be, be in that situation. situation. Somebody had this same conversation I had over the weekend individual said to me, well you're stuck on talking about slavery and it's not affecting anybody in your family that's still living. I said let me tell you something. I said my grandmother's mother was an enslaved African. Mm -hmm. It's not that long ago. My grandmother grew up in Jim Crow, Alabama. Jim Crow laws were a direct effect Mm -hmm. or or a direct descendant of slavery. Mm -hmm. Myself and my son and my friends are subject to be uh, to be part of the prison industrial complex and mass incarceration, the prison school pipeline. All of these things are things that are derivatives of this one barge event. You can you can't with any level of intellectual honesty say that a literally. This was not a, not, a, not a simple event that was just an American thing. The Tri-Continental Slave Trade was orchestrated by Europeans, Americans, and not only that, but they came up with all this pseudoscience to justify why these Africans were not people Ooh. and were fine to be enslaved. So we're fighting, we're still fighting those racist ideas now, so and it will continue. It, it, it continues absolutely continued. My wife's great-great-grandfather was lynched. The last recorded lynching in the United States of America, I think was in 1984. I'm not sure if it was in Alabama or Mississippi. There's a, there's a book that had an uh, uh, accompanying exhibit called Without Sanctuary. And it is an anthology of lynching. And we see these pictures of lynching as if it's not disgusting enough to see these black men and women with their burned bodies hanging from the tree and these white people looking up and laughing and partying. Yeah, you see a crowd. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. But this book includes postcards and kind of biographies of who some of these people were. So now these aren't just burned up black bodies, these are people who somebody felt their life was oh. insignificant oh. enough to say, you know what? Well hey this motherfucker
1: fuck on the tree and have a party while we do And then then they drag them about town buying a car. A park yeah, exactly. Exactly. James Burke.
0: Yep. And again, I was a kid when that happened. So nobody can tell me about American chattel slavery being a long time ago and that his messages don't still exist. And all and all that. You can't tell me that. And I you won't be able to tell my kids that. Because after that ridiculous ass conversation I had on Sunday, I I did take my kids who are eight years old and six years old respectively. And I said, don't ever let anybody bullshit you about history. History is ugly. And don't let anybody ever try to make it pretty for you because it makes them
6: uncomfortable.
0: And that's something I'll continue to teach them. Um, I'm going to get off
1: my soapbox so I can find a kid.
6: About no,
1: I can I, I do this all night. This is, this is where this, this is what our podcast is about. It is, and especially on Juneteenth. Especially right? on right. Juneteenth, although although I believe it's supposed to be a celebration. It is a celebration. We got beer. Don't we? we got beer. Okay. We got
4: beer cocktails. Can we talk about these we beer got cocktails,
0: beer man. So I have what's called a Bigly Smash, and this is their uh, barrel-aged uh, malt liquor. It's called Very Stable Genius. And it is mixed with lemon and a few other things. And it tastes very much like a bourbon smash. Lemon and mint. Lemon and mint. Mm, um, this is damn good. Yeah. So good, in fact, that I may need another
1: Oh, my. Oh, Don, Don <laughs> is done. driving home, right? She is
0: not, but I'll be, no. All I'll right. be, I'll be convalescing in the car for 30 minutes before I leave.
1: Very good. Very um, good.
0: Yeah, this is good stuff, man, and uh, uh, you know, with respect to Dan, I appreciate his allyship, um, and, and I appreciate him having us out. Uh, hey, and Kill, you ready to get on the microphone, man? And talk a little bit about why you're here. So we got another special guest, our brother Akil, here all the way from Arizona, uh, but he's a Michigan native, and uh, I'm not going to give it away. I'll talk. I'll let him talk about why he's here, and some of his thoughts on the beer industry. Go on introduce yourself, brother, man. It's good to have you You
1: on it. Is it on? I bet oh, that's it. it's always on. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right,
5: my name is Kildare, like uh, i uh, born in oh, wow. Moves out to Phoenix, uh, Arizona. when I was around six or seven, and uh, i actually looking into doing a project back in my home state, different city, um, Detroit. Uh, I'm a huge, obviously I'm on the show, so I'm a
6: huge, <laughs> huge
5: enthusiast of craft beer. So uh, my passion and goal in life is to open up a brewery. It uh, looks like there's a place out here that's uh, ripe for the picking, so we're going to try to get it done. It yeah, yeah, man. Okay. yeah it's, uh, it's a nice uh, old church built in 1872. Uh, 20,000 square feet, so do a lot with it couple different stories so got some ideas flowing I'm not gonna give too much away because yeah. uh, I don't want anyone else to scoop up my building yeah. <laughs> I it no. no addresses no, no addresses <laughs> no <laughs> nothing but uh, yeah uh, looking to really uh, just try to uh, bring some creativity to the uh, like, freight uh, the styles that I like to do you know like two big uh, dark viscous stouts uh, love IPAs and uh, being from Arizona you got to enjoy a nice lager, so pilsners, lagers, chef pils,
0: colchers. Right, Sasha's part of the morning Oh yeah, she's on the hunt, oh, yes. hunt. Oh, yes. yes. oh, yes. so, for of a It's great. <laughs> it's
1: it's great for hot, hot Exactly. Yeah.
5: So, right. you know, that's what I'm going to bring, and um, we already got everything up and running. You can actually uh, follow us on our social media. Uh, Noisemakers Brewing. That's the name of the noise Noisemakers Groom. Noisemakers Groom. Yeah, we literally. Yeah, Noisemakers Groom. We just started all of our, uh, we just got all of our social medias up. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Literally. Follow you right well, now. Well, thank you. <laughs> you might be the first <laughs> <team> one. <of laughs> us. Hey, hit the bell, hit the bell. First <laughs> follow.
6: Oh, oh. Thank
5: <laughs> So, yeah, you can follow us and we'll be posting updates. Uh, we kind of wanted to uh, take it a different route than... A brewery has popped. Yeah, you know, because that's all you see. You see, like, oh, there's a new brewery coming in a couple months. So we had this uh, different site to introduce people to me and uh, my partner. She's, uh, she's the other fifty percent of the company. Her name is Sarah. Okay. And uh, pretty much, we want people to see that it's more than just brewing beer. There's a lot of hard work. Yeah. that goes into it a lot of hours a lot of effort so we're gonna show that from the ground up from just meetings home You yeah uh, that's
0: a great segue out of my next question what's your, what's your time
5: like? roughly roughly you know we're hoping to be open I would want to say around you know, we want to do like the spring of twenty twenty one. Okay. Uh, we're thinking that a uh, renovation will probably take a year or so, and then to, you know, getting all the permits and everything that you need to for expansion and renovation and things like that. So, give us a, give us the general location. Give a city. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be pretty close to Ferndale. Yeah, it's gonna be pretty close to Ferndale.
4: Yeah.
5: That's it. That's it. Yeah. That's all you did.
4: That's <laughs>
5: exactly. Enough. That's, enough. that's <laughs> it. But yeah, so that's what, that's, what we're, that's what we're trying to do. So it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be fun. And uh, even if we don't get that building, uh, I love I love seeing what's happening in Detroit, the revitalization of it. So even if we don't get that building, uh, definitely looking at other locations around here. Uh, I would love to come back to my own state. Uh, I love to my daughters to. Uh, Realize what I grew up with, and kind yeah. of
0: share those same things. Um, I'm so, excited. Remember, so we talked a little bit um, on the break uh, in terms of what kind of styles you like to brew and things like that. Uh, so can you kind of share that with, uh, you know, with the, the, with the
1: podcast in terms yeah, you of said scout. Oh,
5: right, yeah, you said you said stout's stout's and everybody this, was like, huh? Everybody knows that <laughs> this is <this, this laughs> big yeah. stouts, we're talking like twelve to fifteen percent Yeah. I'm actually gonna do one here, a homebrew one here pretty soon and um, um hopefully I can get um uh, put it in a um, a whiskey barrel, aged for six to twelve months. Uh, down in Arizona there's a uh, distillery down there and got some connects, so hopefully
0: keep up some of that. And, we right you got, you got a whiskey beer we're putting it in use ourselves. Our, uh, our in-house chemist uh, slash brewer right here is got
1: uh, We've got about two, got two, two and a half months left for the uh, bre- brews, brews, Brews-Mageddon. brews Yeah, yeah,
0: so uh, we do a little bit of that too. Um, so what's the, what's the beer scene like in Arizona, man? There was a little bit of a dust-up, right? yeah. is that, that yeah. Kingsbury liquor, is that who that was, <laughs> that had some, some yeah. reckless conversation about, uh, yeah, yeah. about I'll, that whole uh, police situation?
5: I'll get into that, yeah, yeah. so, Please. Um, Please. um, there was a, uh, local business owner on his personal page that decided he wanted to voice his opinion about, and honestly, a situation that happened in Phoenix, Arizona with a, uh, a black family in Phoenix PD that was actually nothing to joke about or even, you know,
0: it's not a lighthearted matter. It's event. not a lighthearted yeah. matter. that
5: you not even speak on it the way he did, but, uh, he posted about it, some people commented, and then, what ensued after that was nothing more than just honest to God is racism. And yes. that's a, that's the only way I can describe it. Um, it his uh, business was he and mine, uh, the owner was Mickey Salem. Uh, honestly, I've supported his business for many years, probably about six months since the opening. He uh, shared beer, broke bread, black glasses, you know. So it was, it was a really mutual feeling that he was a cool dude. You know, it's sad to see it end this way, but you know, it's not at the same time because he wanted to show the type of person he was. And, somebody shows you who they are believing exactly that's what my grandmother said so you know in doing so I wanted my beer community to know what kind of person that we had amongst us like it is your personal page but you're a business owner you need to represent your business and yourself 100% of the time and he felt that he was doing so so I put it up on some of the Arizona pages uh, to let my community my peers the people I drink drink beer let him know that hey this is who he is you know if you want to support him go ahead and if you don't you know that's your choosing I told him I'll never spend another dime with him yeah let it be how it was you know we, we all know how some of these uh, forums and groups go and they can get censored real quick yeah. so within 45 minutes of this post they decided to take it down they disabled the comments they took the post down I was like okay I understand. I see where people, where, where, where their minds are really at when, when dealing with these types of situations. You know, I get it, he's cool, if he serves cheap beer, he's got a lot of beer. And you can find beer everywhere. Anywhere. You know, anywhere. anywhere. Yeah. Shit, you can make it yourself you you Right, right. So, you know, that just showed me what type of uh, the people that were leaving the group wanted. So I, I used a back, you know, I left the groups. Um... But, you know, my brothers held me down and they they made it known to what type of people he was. So I appreciate them and, you know, letting other organizations know that this type of duty is. So, you know, it went down that way. But those of you that don't know, uh, yeah, this family got pulled over in Phoenix. Uh, Apparently, their four-year-old has stolen a doll from the dollar store. And um, the police officers chased him down. The way they handled the situation was egregious. Um, Extreme. They had uh, there were three or four officers that all had their guns drawn on two children and a pregnant woman while asking to put the pregnant woman's child on the ground. Now, I don't know if you guys know, Arizona's a desert. That floor yeah. is hot. Yeah. It's terrible. for can child. The Who knows if the child got shoes on there or not, but yeah. it was a terrible situation. Um, the, com- the police's commentary was awful. You know, it's it's kind of a situation that you never want to be in, and they ended up there. Uh, the father honestly thought that his, his whole family and himself was gonna get executed. Um, you, can, you can look at it. You can, all you gotta do is honestly, Google, Google yeah. Phoenix, Phoenix Police. It's gonna be the first thing that pops up. Um, I pray for the family, and I hope they uh, get everything that they deserve that comes to them. Yeah. Come because they went through a situation that I honestly say, if I ever went through, I don't know how it would
0: end. And not only do I hope they get what's coming to I hope those officers get what's coming in. You know what? What you know? I'm not.
1: I'm not, uh, talk, I'm not talking about punishment from
0: the police department. I'm talking about <laughs> the well, universe yeah. has a way of evening things out. Yeah. Not,
1: you know, I agree, and, uh, uh, But I mean, it's, uh, it's the two uh, percent rule for for the police right now. And there it it is. is, and there it is. But yeah,
0: so. I mean, that's, that's what similar to our situation here with founders. Um, <laughs> you're familiar with the hashtag, #fuckfounders? fuck founders. You know, founders. You know fuck founders.
1: Right, right. <laughs> we don't even <laughs> have the hashtag, fuck founders.
5: Right. I got, I got, I got about a five year vertical of backwards and KBS. Yeah. I'm put it online Of me drain pouring it. There it is. Oh. There it
0: is. Because, and again, it's not about, and we talked about it a little bit on the first segment, it's not about something stupid happening because people are stupid and people do stupid shit but when you don't do anything to correct it Mm -hmm. or when you ignore it and think that a particular demographic is just going to let it ride that's where the problem lies 100% that's where the problem lies so you don't value our dollar enough to say you know what because for me for me had they when it initially jumped up had they come out and say, you know what we fucked up this individual has been you know Fired, released, however they want to the phrase it. I probably would have still been tight for a minute, but I would say, you know what? I can respect that. At least they did too. So. but they didn't do it. Yeah, and now I'm full-on fuck founders, exactly. And, and, I'm a, and I'm a Michigan guy, man. I, you know, yeah, oh, yeah. I've, been a, I've been a big fan of founders beer right. for a long time. Yeah, me too. And, but you know what? You know what's happened is that it doesn't even cross my mind now. There's oh, so yeah. much good beer out here in the state of Michigan. Oh yeah, that's yeah. easily accessible. Mm-hmm. That quite honestly is surpassing the quality of Founders beer. Oh. So now yeah. it's not even a second thought. Uh, if I'm at a if I'm at a bar and I see Founders on the list, my eyes go right by. Oh, yeah. If I'm in a store and I see a Founders show, yeah, I pay it zero attention. Go right and, by. And that's yeah, and that's and that's kind of where it is right now for me. Yeah, they
5: they decided to double down with uh, you know, with the, with their comments and what they said, you know, yeah. They didn't get ahead of it. They they,
0: they no, I thought think, they were in the wrong. I, well it was they they were they were banking on the forgiving nature of the black community. Yes. Because we yes. give people passes all the time. Oh my god. You know, people still walk around <laughs> with Gucci sweaters uh, after that whole piece. Yes. You know, people, you know our 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 anger oftentimes doesn't last very long. But this one right here, and hopefully it's a pattern of things to come. Because that's why that's why people take our dollar for granted. Because we don't and we don't in mass permanently cut people off we cut you off for a minute and then we right back spending that bread founders won't see a dollar
1: I continue to like inform people about founders practices so for every person that I can like say look you should not drink this because of their bad practices Mm -hmm. that's many more dollars out of their pocket Mm -hmm. so just to keep continuing that every time. Yeah. So anytime I have to run into founders. Educate, people, educate, educate. Yeah. educate yeah. And you know,
4: like you said, this is Michigan. We have a wide variety of beer we can choose from. Whatever some
1: style you want. Yeah, you can't
0: without hitting a brewery. I know.
1: Right, we're right here. Exactly. <laughs> That's <up, laughs> somewhere <laughs> in Ferndale in 2021. <laughs> <Florida's laughs> <of line>. yeah. <laughs> in some place that exactly. looked like a church. <laughs> bite me in that oh. 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 I
6: saw you out
0: the corner my eye there he is so, so you, you've been here before you got here yesterday right yes. what's your impression of, of what you've seen at the Michigan slash Metro Detroit beer scene
5: what I've seen so far is craft beer goes it seems like Michigan is 100% in for their local beer they love them yeah. uh, they support them uh, I really do like that uh, being from another state, such as Arizona, I've seen, you know, you had to, to trade for those other beers or get those other beers somewhere yeah. possible. So, being in, in Michigan, what I've seen is you don't got to do that. Yeah. It's all here.
0: And that's something that we've talked about as well. I mean, there was a time where, you know, this whole Juicy IPA craze dropped in the hazy, <laughs> and we were trying to get Trillium, like you know, trading, but now... Places like homes and ascension which you said you may visit while you're here. Correct. I mean nailing these things now to the point where I don't know, if I if I come across some trillion coal but I'm not making calls or
1: oh, yeah. shooting mm-hmm. off emails yeah. or trying to, off trying to get on Facebook. Who needs Treehouse or because yeah. oh, oh, no, right When you got Old Nation, yes. exactly. Oh, oh, ding ding, ding
0: ding. Old Nation, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, Fox Fox Old nation. <laughs> Ascension. Yeah. I was
5: at East. I was at uh, Eastern Market Brewing, yeah. and um, Market yeah. Brewing. they were delicious. They're man, they're killing it. I enjoyed the beer thoroughly. Even with the size of the brewery, you know they're doing all that they can and they're yeah. making it work. So
0: that's a, that's the type of things I like to see. So, yo, Detroit 2020, Eastern Market Brewing is going to be a big part of that. Oh yeah. So we're going to make it happen. You yeah. know I'm going to be here. Yeah, for sure. We got we got some stuff in, in the works. There we go. Um, and, and Eastern Market Brewing is going to be kind of at the center of that if we can uh, make things happen the way we're envisioning it right now. So yeah, yeah. But they're doing some amazing work over there. Now, I don't know how, how familiar you are with the area. It is Eastern Market somewhere you had kind of frequented before you left Michigan?
5: Uh, I would, yeah, no, no, I definitely would 100. Um, I'd go back there right now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a but I still gotta, I, but I gotta visit all of them. I gotta try to make my yeah. rounds. Well, uh, I mean, I mean, the area itself, like the whole Eastern
0: Market, it's a different place. It's like yeah, we went, oh yeah, it's we a went whole down whole there. environment. Yeah, it's it's awesome. we, went, we went down there when we were broke, when we were recording at mm-hmm. Eastern Market. And Sasha was like, I'm "I even not, recognize. Like, down here. I, yeah. I recognize yeah. wow. this because it doesn't look like it did when I was a mm-hmm.
4: kid." Yeah. I moved but out of Detroit twenty or so years ago, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I keep Ex- coming nine. back. And they're exiting. Oh, <laughs> <mind. Yeah. laughs> and there are uh, there are places here that look nothing like mm-hmm. what you know what I'm used to. And Eastern Market is one of those places. Oh, yeah. And my mom worked there for many years. I was very familiar with it. And I came back this last time, and I'm like. This is yeah, this no. is a place I want to go Exactly, yeah, yeah. not yeah. even That's just
0: for the brewery <laughs> Like I said, that whole, the whole, the whole environment Our yeah. day is off the hook um, Thomas um, McGee okay. did, did y'all go to Thomas McGee? We did not Man, Thomas McGee <laughs> Hey Thomas Don't McGee. for you, <laughs> Hey, shout to Eric Olson, man We're broadcasting with Thomas McGee right. Here Thomas McGee's is the closest thing you will find to a true, like, European pub. Oh, really? If there's a soccer game on at 7 in the morning, (laughs) he's open, pouring drinks, pouring beer. (laughs) If there's a rugby match on, he's open, pouring drinks, pouring beer, 5 in the morning.
1: Do you no. live upstairs, or what? I don't, I don't, I don't even know. know how he does I don't, it. I, don't, I don't have <laughs> for those kinds of <laughs> I should have shown him a, to that. I you should have you know. Know. Yeah. yeah. Was, yeah. you live up no upstairs? man. <laughs> nah. oh that was a
4: night nightmare. So, right. yeah, that's kind of <laughs> on the edge of eastern
6: market as yeah. you kind of work your way in. Right. Um,
0: but, yeah, I mean, yeah, it really, it really is, is a completely really different place um, than it was when I was a kid, as are so many different places, you know, in and around the city. There certainly is uh, no shortage of places to catch them here, man. Not at all. Yeah. yeah. Not at all. Yeah. yeah. And I, was, I was looking it up,
5: and I think Michigan number five for breweries in the country right now with like a whopping 356. Yeah, man. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, it's like I said, might you might go in there with a minus
0: one plus one. Right, yeah, exactly. There you go. I mean, there's You're gonna there. Are going to swap it out here? Yeah, it's going right around the corner of my house. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. My hope is that we see you here. And
5: that's what I want. That's what I want. That's what the goal. That's what the
0: plan is, and uh, we're in place to do that. Man, 2021. If, if there's anything, anything that the Blues Brothers can do, oh, I mean it's only eight A- over here, eight A- nine, ten over here, something. But we we got we about seven hundred and fifty strong, man. Yeah, if there's if there's something that we can do, you know, to so help you move forward, place.
5: don't hesitate to reach out. Man. I appreciate that. I definitely be reaching out, and uh, you know, hopefully when Defer uh, 2020 comes up. You know, I got some of that project done
0: so you guys get a little sneak peek of it. Yes yeah, sir. You know, maybe we'll do something special. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a good yeah. look, man. We uh guys, we're, we're looking forward to Detroit twenty twenty. We got some we got some chicks up our sleeve. You going to DC for the weekend? I will be in D C. Okay. Okay. Uh it's gonna be fun. I can't you
5: wait know, yeah. to get on get out on the guries. It's going be a long weekend, brother. You know what? It's <laughs> terrible because I ain't got much sleep and I <laughs> no, know I'm not gonna so get once I get there. For the next three days, so all I know is
0: sunglasses and Advil. Yes, sir. <laughs> sir this weekend was
5: mad real. Yes, sir.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to make D.C. I, I do plan to go to Fresh Fest okay. um, in Pittsburgh. Um, and, of course, I'm looking forward to Detroit 2020. So, um, so yeah, man, all, all of that is uh, beautiful, beautiful stuff, man. I, like I said, I hope that... Uh, that you're able to move forward with your project. Anything we can do, man, just uh, don't hesitate. Like I said, just uh, follow us on on social media, you know, uh,
5: spread the love and we'll be giving you updates and everything like that and you'll see all the hard work unfolding. Yeah. hopefully, you know, in the next two years you see a wonderful brewery take place and uh, Drink some good beer. Beautiful. We'll you push it right. on Bruce Brothers, without a doubt. Hey, okay, well, I appreciate you guys for letting me get on here and uh, speak, grab about what's going on, and what I want to do. Anytime. So,
0: Ellen has given us two fingers. That's not the peace sign, that's the get out of here sign. So, right. we, uh. <laughs> in Europe, that means <laughs> something completely different. <laughs> All right, I'll take that. Um, but, I just want to say um, thank you to everybody came up for our inaugural Juneteenth event, and uh, again, I worded it that way intentionally. as inaugural indicates that we're going to continue to do this. We're going to keep this ball rolling um, and, and continue to, again, be for the culture. We appreciate all the allies in the culture. Uh, we appreciate everybody's participation. Keel, we appreciate you coming all the way out from Arizona. Thank you for having me. And hanging out with us. Yeah, man. Looking forward to having you back in the mitten sooner than later. Oh, yeah. And uh, with that, man, we'll sign off. Bruce Brothers, episode 16, Better Culture. We'll see y'all in a couple of weeks. We'll be back in the studio at Detroit Shipping Company.
6: Until then, peace.